Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. Today we're going to take a look at Gary Barlow's show down at Cardiff. Well, it's day two and I wasn't here on day one doing the get in. So I get to tell you about the final look of the show as it's all in. So today's show is an eight truck show with four tour buses. And with me looking at the stage, you've got your nice line arrays, single file on the front with the smaller line array pointed 45 degrees outwards for the surround sound effect. We have a massive bar in the middle of the auditorium with a load of moving lights for front house lighting and something that looks like confetti cannons. Massive confetti dumps. Wow, I'm looking forward to seeing those. Then we have another couple of lighting bars that are hung normally with uh, some mole phasers. And if you don't know what a mole phase is, mole phases uh, are the uh, floods that light the audience with the uh, nice deep tungsten yellows, which are essentially par 36 DWEs. So very nice, nice little glow on that. Then you've got a lot of ladder trusses. Rather than hanging horizontally in a massive line, these are hanging 45 degrees vertical. And on those are at a s- are a shed load of lights, I mean proper shed load of lights. So it's going to give a nice old school uh, look to it. You've got a lot of uh, festoons hanging off other bars mid stage but arced. And what is a festoon? Well, it's, well, best way to describe it. When you're at a fairground and you see all those little round golf ball lights that are just in a massive chain, a massive rubber chain, that's what a festoon is. So they've got these all nicely decorated and hanging down from the bars and when it's switched on it's going to look pretty nice actually the stage well the stage is his own stage Gary Barlow's brought his own stage out on tour hence why you've got so many trucks it's in different levels you've got you've got three tiers to the stage and that's because obviously you're going to have his orchestra on the different platforms of this stage so you keep the brass together you keep the drums You've got the strings, etc. Not to forget, you've also got his uh, backing singers, and I believe there may be some dancers on there as well, from from what I've heard. So a nice little bit of backing dance on there. The stage has got a nice little platform on its own. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's a B stage, where he's got the backing singers. I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see. And stage left, you've got a nice quick change area. And behind, and the screens are all masked off. He's got he's got two side screens for our up close video, and there's a camera set up at the mixer. So his video screens, they're all old school rear projected, but it's going to be a nice high powered uh, Christie's projector back projecting, and these are also masked off, so you can't see what's going on. So you've got even more quick change areas, a dimmer world, monitor world, all masked off, so no one could be seen. The venue just looks like an old school concert venue now. And it's looking pretty good. The stage is arced. You've got a nice circular style stage. It's not fully circle. It's more of an oval, I'd say. And it's looking pretty old school and, dare I say it, naughty. But naughty in a good way. Set in front of the curtain, you've got the Gary Barlow initials in lights. So proper old school... Proper old school 60 watt lamps put into this, into these letters. And yeah, it will look great once it's all nicely glowing. 
he's going for some proper old school effects and I don't blame him. It's that kind of show, you know, big band, a big band kind of show where he gets to play, where he gets to sing all his favourite songs. And I reckon you might throw one or two Christmas songs in there because set upstage left, you've got a Christmas tree. So we shall see. Directly in front of the stage, there is no mojo, but you've got a load of rope barriers. So it's looking pretty old school theatre style with the old with the rope barriers. Basically anyone can jump over, but it's there for a nice visual presence of do not cross this line. And it will look amazing and people will respect that because they are they are that kind of audience to respect it. The venue is fully seated, no standing tickets, and it's all ready to go. We'll be back after this. If you're a band member or an artist, dancer, singer, actor, street performer, and you're listening to this and you'd like to talk to us on our show about your uh, latest gig or your album release on uh, digital media or even uh, want to talk to us about a student show how about dropping us an email on musterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and we'll get you on our show and we're back so in traditional uh, fashion we're going to go over some of Gary Barlow's history as though we didn't, as if we didn't already know. But if you didn't know, here it here it comes. So Gary Barley, OBE, born 20th of January 1971, is an English singer, songwriter, record producer, actor, and television personality. He is the lead singer of the British pop group Take That. He's worked under Sony, Polydor, Universal, Decca, Atlantic, Future, and Sam Remo. And he's associated with obviously Take That, Rick Astley. Robbie Williams, Elton John, Agnesa Foltzkog, Michael Bublé, Sebastian Yata, Sheridan Smith, and he operates GaryBarlow.com. Gary Barlow is one of the UK's most successful songwriters. That is very true. Having written 13 number one singles, 10 with Take That, 2 solo, 1 with Robbie Williams, which was Candy, and 24 top 10 hits. As a solo artist, he has had 3 number one singles, six top 10 singles and three number one albums and has additionally had 17 top five hits, 12 number one singles and eight number one albums with Take That. Barlow has also established himself as a talent show judge and television personality. He has judged The X Factor in 2011 to 2013 and Let It Shine in 2017. Barlow has received six Ivan Novello Awards from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors, including the award for Outstanding Services to British Music. He has sold over 50 million records worldwide. It's a lot. A lot. He was appointed an Officer of the Order of the British Empire, which is the OBE, at the 2012 Queen's Birthday Honours for his services to the entertainment industry and charity. After leaving his career as a solo artist, Barlow returned to his first love of writing music. He soon signed a songwriting publishing deal with Sony and went to the US on a six-month songwriting project, residing in Nashville, Los Angeles and New York with his wife Dawn and first child Daniel. Upon his return, he set up True North Productions with Elliot Kennedy and Tim Woodcook. In his autobiography, My Take, Barlow partly blames his fall as a solo artist on his commitments to being a star in the United States. After his disappointing second album, 
Barlow remained out of the public eye for half a decade, choosing to continue to write and produce songs for other artists such, such as Shirley Bassey and Charlotte Church. In October 2007, Barlow founded San Remo Live Publishing as an independently run management company to establish and support artists and songwriters. In 2008, Barlow was highly involved in providing the score of ITV's Britannia High. The nine episode series focused on the lives of a group of teenagers and their mentors at a fictional London theatre school. Guy Chambers, Steve Mack, Andy Hill, Mark Owen, James Bourne and Elliot Kennedy also contributed to the musical components of the show. It was axed after one series. In 2010, Barlow signed a new five-year songwriting publishing deal with Sony Music. He has been voted the greatest British songwriter of all time in a 2009 poll. John Lennon and Paul McCartney of The Beatles were placed second and third respectively. In 2011, Barlow wrote a song, Run For Your Life, for the X Factor Series 7 winner, Matt Cardle. He has also written for the likes of Robbie Williams, Westlife, Lily Allen, Blue, Elton John, Ollie Mayers, T-Pain, Will Young, N-Dubs, bloody hell he wrote an N-Dubs song, Lawson, Shirley Bassey, Donny Osmond, Delta Goodrum, Ellen Page and many more whilst also being commissioned by the Queen to write the official single for her Diamond Jubilee which saw Barlow collaborate with Andrew Lloyd Webber. To date Barlow has written 14 number one singles in the UK and two Billboard Hot 100 top 10 singles in the United States including Back For Good which went to number one in 31 countries across the world. In 2009, Barlow began work on his own record label, Future Records, a branch from Universal Music and signed his first artist, classical singer Camilla Kerslake. Since then, Barlow has also signed UK rapper Agro Santos to his label, who scored up two top 10 UK hits and a further top 20 single. And the winner of Sky One's Must Be The Music, Emma's Imagination, who also achieved two top 10 UK singles and a top 15 charting debut album. In 2013, Barlow's Discovery, AME, released her first single which was debuted at number one on the UK single chart. Gary Barlow has since closed down the record label to focus on his own career and family commitments. Now we've had a little listen to uh, some of Gary Barlow's past and achievements. And there is a lot more to be honest, but you know, how much do you want to put in is the question you have to ask yourself. But now we've gone over what I've gone over, we're going to get on to the support act, which is Leanna Lewis. We'll be back after this. Warning, this podcast contains strong, offensive and misogynistic language that some listeners may find offensive. The name's Vert. Percival Reginald Vert. And I run the P-Vert Detective Agency. The year is 2055 and the police have been defunded. So if you need a police investigation, the cops will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. And we're back. We're going to go over some history from Leanna Lewis as she's supporting Gary Barlow. So um, let's take a look. Leanna Lewis was born on the 3rd of April in 1985, is a British singer, songwriter, actress, model and activist. She was born and raised in the London Borough of Islington and attended the Brit School for Performing Arts. Well, set up to not fail then, wasn't she? 
Lewis achieved national recognition when, when she won the third series of The X Factor in 2006, winning a £1 million recording contract with Psycho Music. Her winner's single and cover of Kelly Clarkson's A Moment Like This peaked at number one for four weeks in the UK singles chart and broke a world record by reaching 50,000 digital downloads within 30 minutes. In February 2007, Lewis signed a five-album contract in the United States with Clive David's record label J Records. Lewis's success continued with the release of her debut studio album Spirit in 2007, which was certified 10 times platinum in the UK and became the fourth best-selling album of the 2000s and one of the best-selling albums in UK chart history. According to the official charts company, Spirit is the best-selling debut album by a female artist in the 21st century. The lead single, Bleeding Love, spent, spent seven weeks at number one in the UK and was best-selling single of 2007. In the US, it was the best-selling single of 2008 and Lewis was proclaimed best new artist by Billboard the same year. In 2009, she released her second studio album, Echo, and recorded the theme song, I See You, for the film Avatar. In 2011, Lewis released the single Collide, a collaboration between Swedish DJ Avicii and her debut extended play, Hurt, the EP. Her third studio album, Glass Art, in 2012, marked a new creative direction for Lewis, drawing inspiration from dubstep and electronic music. She began to record material for her first Christmas album during her Glass Heart tour, which took place in mid-2013. Christmas With Love was released later that year, and its lead single, One More Sleep, peaked at number three in the UK with its chart entry. Lewis became the first British female solo artist to reach the top five with eight singles, surpassing Olivia Newton-John's record of seven. In 2014, she made her film debut in Walking on Sunshine and her fourth studio album, I Am, was released the following year. In 2016, Lewis made her Broadway debut as Grizabella in the revival of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Cats, and the following year she signed a modelling contract with Wilma Models. She then collaborated with Callum Scott on the single You Are The Reason in 2018 and had a reoccurring role on the American television series The Oath in 2019. In 2021, Lewis joined the Paramount Plus show Queens of the Universe as a judge. According to her record company, as of 2021, Lewis has sold over 35 million records worldwide. She has won two Mobile Awards, an MTV Europe Music Award and two World Music Awards. She's also a six-time Brit Award and three-time Grammy Award nominee. Aside from her music and acting career, Lewis has publicly supported various charitable causes, particularly animal rights. She is also vegan. Interesting. Now we've had a bit of info, it's time to watch the show. We'll be back after this. This podcast contains themes that are unsuitable for younger listeners and parental guidance is advised. It's, it's been 30 years since it came. What? What the f*** was that? Yeah, Jordan's gas sucks. Hold on, guys! So the show's gone down and uh, the reviewers come in. So with Leanna Lewis, she walked out onto a white stage with a white glitter backdrop. The whole downstage area was con- was covered in a white dance floor. The drum wires and the drum kit were all white. The grand piano was white. The guitar was white. 
all the musicians were wearing white, all the instruments were white, all the backing singers, they were wearing white too. And Leanna Lewis came out in a white frumpy dress, which could have actually been a wedding dress if um, you, I suppose, were brave enough to do that. But anyways, I digress. She opened up with Keep Bleeding, and the lights were just kept basic and soft. Mainly pastel colours, so you got salmons, a light touch of blue with a light touch of purple here and there. A few uh, flashy effects where needed to be, but on the whole, pretty simple. It didn't need to be much. I mean, after all, she was just in the downstage section with the band, all just confined to that little bit of stage. And it worked well. It did work well that night. That was a nice little setup that they had. And I liked it. It was simple, but very effective. So on her second song, Leanna Lewis decided that she was going to be playing the piano on her own. Just her singing and her playing piano. And that song was better in time. And she dedicated it to her friend and one of her mentors who wrote the song and was one of her biggest writers who'd recently passed away unexpectedly. So she had a nice emotional bit of patter about that and, uh, and it was very much appreciated by the audience, I have to say. Then for uh, the rest of the set minus the last song, she did Christmas songs. Now why would you do a whole set of Christmas songs? Well. At the time of this recording, it's only three weeks to Christmas. So by the time this one goes out, it'll be just around about the Christmas mark, or maybe just slightly after. Not sure just yet off the top of my head. But she's basically doing it in preparation for next year because she's going on a Christmas tour, as she announced in tonight's show. She started off the Christmas set with a very slow version of Have Yourself a Very uh, Merry Little Christmas and continue to go for the next four or five songs of various different Christmas songs that she has actually done well because I believe she has done a Christmas album. So yes, definitely a prelude to next year's tour. And then her final song of her set was Light Up. Vocally, Leanna Lewis hasn't lost her ability. First tour or set of live shows since the pandemic and she even admitted herself that she was suffering from stage fright because she'd not done it in so long. You know, you get a lot of self-doubt and currently within the industry you've got a lot of people especially heavyweights from the industry that have that are starting to believe um, that they've got imposter syndrome and if you don't know what imposter syndrome is it's where you believe that that you're not good enough to be there that you are the imposter which in most cases is not a lot of people are going down with this uh, purely for the fact that they've not done their job that they've loved doing for 18 months and are just starting to get back into the swing of things and they're having a lot of self-doubt. It's a shame really, such a shame. The audience received Leanna Lewis very well. They were all applauding, they are all singing, standing up, in some cases dancing. Well I say dancing, they were swaying because most of it was Christmas songs. And these Christmas songs were done well to the much the audience's delight. So we've just heard about Leanna Lewis's set which went really well and now we're going to go on to Gary Barlow's set. As soon as the house lights went down the stage lights on the preset went down so it was a full blackout, absolutely full blackout and then as soon as the band started up and the lights came up Gary Barlow was there centre stage like a professional on his mark. Well done to Gary Barlow and he, when I say centre stage on his mark 
there must have been a nice little bit of spike mark on the uh, center bit of stage on the middle tier so you've got the bottom tier middle tier and the top tier of the stage and there must have been a tiny little x that you'll only notice if you're up close to it but he was on his mark and he was there waiting for the follow spot to pick him up and it picked him up pretty impeccably actually it hit it really well then I started to notice things about the lights because I wasn't here doing the first of Cardiff sets because there's two shows today and yesterday I didn't actually see much of the uh, equipment getting installed and flushed out so a lot of it was a surprise to me and when I mentioned earlier on that, that you had a lot of uh, 60 watt lamps on the uh, initials of Gary Barlow they weren't actually 60 watt lamps they were retrofitted to LEDs so I've seen this this uh, particular bit of equipment before and last time I saw Gary Barlow do a show they were all 60 watt lamps now they've been upgraded to LEDs and these LEDs well they could be any color and they're nice and punchy so a nice upgrade on there also the black drape at the back of the stage wasn't just any black drape it was also an LED star cloth as well so when it was switched on and used it was used to great effect it was programmed very goddamn well I have to say then you also had the uh, ladder trusses that I talked about earlier on as well and I didn't even notice that they had LED strips on the side of them so when they were turned on they worked yet again incredibly well you could uh, chase them you could have them on solid you could flash them and uh, you could strobe them as well I mean it was pretty good equipment I have to say some real serious bits of equipment there and also on the fronts of the uh, raised sections of the stage on the uh, on the tiered bits you had LED frontages as well so these could be any color and it looked actually really good so you had black a black stage with nice reflected bit of black on the frontage of these tiers with LED borders and it looked really good yet again with the uh, with the ladder trusses they were able to be uh, strobed flashed or even chased it looked amazing at different parts of the show it really did look really amazing but let's get back to uh, the actual performance of Mr. Barlow he started off doing quite a few big band songs and uh, the audience loved it then after that you had you had a nice little boy band nostalgia so Gary Barlow took the audience back took them back in time to the 1990s to go over how the boy bands would do a song where he would explain that they'd do a silly dance routine they'd stand up from their stools and they'll come and sing and serenade as well and the song that he did this to was Pray and he got the audience all up to their feet dancing they were cheering him on and it was quite refreshing to see a load of uh, 48 to 50 year olds uh, <laughs> living back to their youth because that's how old teenagers would have been when Take That first come out in their late 40s early 50s anyways I digress so later on in the show so Mr Barlow pulled Leanna Lewis on stage I say he pulled he invited her on stage and they decided to do a rendition of magic it was an interesting rendition to say the least so you had Gary Barlow playing it solo on piano to start with and it was played quite nostalgic and some may say slightly harrowing 
So the vocals from both uh, Mr. Barlow and Leanna Lewis, they were quite, they were sung quite soft and harrowing and very nostalgic as well. Kind of like this. And the audience loved it. They really did, I have to say. It was an interesting take on uh, on his own piece of work. I suppose after singing that song for, um, well, I guess nearly 30 years, you might want to, you know, you, you're obviously going to make want to make a few uh, artistic changes to it when you're performing it live. And and yeah, he did that. He did it really well. Then you had a Christmas section from Mr. Barlow. He had a nice medium size. Well, I'd say a fifth of the show was Christmas. And at one point you had the crew bring on the Christmas tree and then the dancers, they were decorating the stage. You know, lots of little Christmas presents being brought on, lots of large Christmas presents, lots of large Christmas presents. Even a, They even brought on a fireplace with a real fire in there. Interesting. Obviously under pyrotechnic supervision, there's fire extinguishers, lots of them uh, all over the stage ready for that. And then the dancers come out with ropes and all the parcels that they brought out, they were joined with the ropes. And Gary Barlow and Santa Claus were sat on the parcels and all the, le- all the dancers, they uh, took the place of reindeer. And hey presto, you had yourself a nice Christmas sleigh. Oh, it was so cute, I have to say. Oh, very nice and Christmassy. Then, at the end of the Christmas section, Mr. Barlow did a jazz version of Paul McCartney's song, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Now, if you've seen my uh, YouTube channel called The X Review, when I uh, grinched my way through 2020, I did a review on that song. Not not on Gary Barlow's version, but Paul McCartney's version. And uh, it is no secret that this song is one of my least favourite songs of all time especially a Christmas song because I hate the real nasty flangy guitar effect it just does my nothing it always has done even as a kid but no this this version didn't have a ver- didn't have that flangy effect that really annoys me it was actually done re- really well in a nice slow jazz version of it right at the end of that Christmas song the Paul McCartney Christmas song was a load of confetti dropping down from the ceiling all oh, the joys of it those poor cleaners and that was only the beginning where it came to <laughs> when it came to the confetti cleanups you had two more sets of confetti moments and uh, at the front of the stage stage left and stage right you had not confetti launchers but I'm saying confetti hoses <laughs> the amount of confetti was just blasting it out on the last song of the main set you had it and then you also had the last song of the night which pumped out loads of confetti. I mean, absolute loads. Those poor cleaners who had to sweep the floor, ready to get the stage pulled out and dismantled so they can get the trucks through the door. Those guys just having to work real hard to get that done very quickly at the end of the night. But it looks amazing though. That's why you do it. It looks really, it really looks amazing. Now, getting back to the show, after a slow section, when I say a slow section, it was an acoustic section of the show. The show came back to life with a vengeance, with the dancers coming out in inglissable leotards, with a glitter ball hat and knee-high boots, which in my opinion should have been glitter ball as well, but no, they were black boots that are knee-high. And 
what was playing wow and it started off with it only takes a minute girl which then segued into relight my fire and on top of that they flew down a mirrorball they flew down a mirrorball which is my least favorite piece of entertainment kit i think they look tacky and should have stayed in the 1980s but hey it has a certain effect especially when you've got your dancers walking out in glitter ball at leotards as well all the lights strobed off of that as well as the dancers and i have to say it actually looks amazing in that respect although it looks amazing for an effect that i really really hate i don't know i've always hated it i can't stand mirrorballs whatsoever can't stand it but on the whole the show was actually really good high energy from gary barlow high energy from his dancers and these dancers they were paid they must have been paid top whack because they were flawless no mistakes working with some excellent choreography the band the live band they were pl they played absolutely flawlessly there was nothing wrong with the band the band were flawless i have to say though they did have a very long and drawn out sound check and i guess it had its purpose because uh, they uh, they worked on a few songs which um which the musical director that gary barlow had paid to make sure that they did it to perfection he made them get the songs right ready for the show because i suppose they needed a bit of work on on certain songs because he weren't happy with it and he made it known that he wasn't happy with it during the rehearsal and on the actual show it was mint it was flawless it was absolutely perfect and spot on you couldn't ask for a better band you really couldn't make you know taking their notes where they needed to take it not getting angry with it no no not getting angry but using their constructive criticism to make the show better and superior and a high level product that it should be especially when people pay in a lot of money to see their favorite mr barlow from their favorite band of take that the show was received very well by the audience they interacted where they needed to interact when gary barlow directly addressed them they reacted they were singing throughout they were dancing throughout they were at in at the right moments that during the show they had their phones out with the, with the torches on and um generally it was a very pleasant atmosphere uh, within the arena everyone there was there because they enjoyed listening to gary barlow and gary barlow knew this and they both fed off of each other's energy they really did if you've enjoyed this uh, podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so smash that subscribe button and uh, we will catch you next time bye for now